the bees, the bees. I'm so happy that it was included in unbearable weight, just like you said. Oh, you're in trouble now. What? Why? 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 Hello and welcome to IMDb is Obsessed, the podcast that tells you the one TV series or movie you must watch this week. And when there's a movie starring Nicolas Cage as Nick Cage, well, we got to talk about it. I'm Alex Logan, and I'm joined today by IMDb's very own TikTok expert, Hillary Bouch. Hillary, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to dig into this over-the-top funny totally meta experience that is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Absolutely. But before we dive into that, if you like what you hear on the show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. And to help you all stay in the know, let's kick off with a quick recap of what other new stuff has been premiering this week that we also considered for today's episode, but it ultimately lost to Nick Cage. All right, so this is what else we consider. The first one is The Northman, directed by Robert Eggers, also premieres today, April 22nd in theaters. I thought Alexander Skarsgård brought the raw physicality, but maybe didn't hit all of the melodrama of this film. I like Robert Eggers a lot, The Lighthouse, The Witch. He is a very, very visual, intense director, and I think it's an interesting film, but doesn't quite beat out unbearable weight of massive talent. The next one that we also considered is a series on Netflix, Russian Doll Season 2, which dropped Wednesday, April 20th. Our teammate Jeff, who you might remember from last week's discussion on Everything Everywhere All at Once, checked this season out, and he said it wasn't quite up to the amazing, mind-blowing levels that the first season was. But it's still definitely worth watching if you want to see the gang get back together again. 1,000% going to be binging that first season. I'm actually really excited about it. Can't wait to see season two. Yes, I will tell you no more because I want you to discover all the weird twists and turns of the plot yourself. This third show that we considered is The Flight Attendant season two, which dropped Thursday, April 21st on HBO Max. This is a show that you're really excited about, right, Hillary? I'm really excited. You know, I I love the first season. I love seeing Kaylee Cuoco in a new, more serious role. Of course, following her time on Big Bang Theory, her time on animated Harley Quinn series on HBO. Um, Those are fantastic, but I'm excited to see her again in this more serious role. I think it's fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. It's one that I'm going to have to binge and catch up on because I've heard nothing but great things about it. But the burning title this week that we absolutely had to talk about is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, The plot for this film, you may have seen the trailers but are still kind of confused because this film has got a lot going on, is a cash-strapped Nick Cage, not Nicolas Cage, he's playing a character, agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party but is recruited by the CIA to bring the billionaire's alleged illegal activity to an end. This film's directed by Tom Gormican, written by Gormican and Kevin Etten, starring Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal, Tiffany Haddish, Sharon Horgan, and many, many more. It hits theaters today, April 22nd. So, Hillary, let's talk about it. Why are we obsessed with this film? You love this one, right? I did. It was honestly so much better than I expected. Um, It was hilarious. I was laughing from beginning to end. We'll talk about Pedro Pascal more as we get going into the episode, but 
just five stars for Pedro Pascal is what I'll say right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was really excited for this one. I'm a lifelong cage obsessive. Ever since I saw Raising Arizona on TV as a kid, I have just been fascinated by the man. I know in 96 when The Rock came out and I saw it with my family. Then in 97 when Con Air and Face Off came out, again, saw it with my dad and my grandpa. Very formative movie-going experiences for a preteen Alex. <laughs> All of these dumb action movies imprinted on my brain. What's your favorite Nicolas Cage movie, Hillary? You know, it, I feel free to make fun of me for this, but honestly, not. National Treasure. It's just, it's so perfectly dramatic and action-packed, and it's so just classic Nick Cage. You can't help but love it. I mean, Sean Bean is in there. John Voight is in there. Diane Kruger. It's just all around amazing guilty pleasure that I truly just don't feel guilty about. And you shouldn't whatsoever. You really, I mean, you get to see Nicolas Cage steal the Declaration of Independence. It's America's classic. Such a fun film. Right. Beyond that, my honorable mention has to go to The Wicker Man. Absolutely. I think it's a movie that knows exactly what it is trying to do. And most people didn't get that and thought it was just him going crazy and screaming about the bees, the bees, which I'm so happy that it was included in a bearable yeah, way. Just that's like fine, said. too. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. But still, even through that, there's so many great highlights in his career. And so during early lockdown, I did cage a day in May. Um, I don't even really know why I started it. I think I was just trying to distract myself. And I started out by watching the movies that I hadn't seen of his 100 plus credits. It was only a few films and then kind of realized, no, I actually would like to start at the beginning and watch everything he's ever done, which was a daunting task because it is over 100. But it became really, really fun. He's a guy who always gives some kind of interesting performance. And every time that you think that like you've you've kind of seen it all that he can do, he pulls out these crazy things like most recently, the unbearable weight of massive talent. And it just keeps his it keeps his career going and going through all of the ups and downs, I would say, because he'll always surprise you. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, I have to say, first and foremost, I'm so impressed by your full career rewatch for him and honestly feel a little bit unqualified to even talk about Nick Cage compared to your <laughs> very extensive knowledge of him. Um, it's it's a know, disorder. It's a problem. I, I don't know that it's something you should be jealous of. <laughs> you know, there are worse things. Honestly, there are much worse things. You know, I've actually been meaning to do that with so many of my favorite actors, and you're inspiring me to finally take the plunge and commit to it. It's a big undertaking, but now I feel like I got to do it. This is a challenge for me. Try to find one that doesn't work as much because there are, <laughs> especially in the last like 10 years where he was just churning them out. The earlier years were much more uh, where he was taking chances and trying more things. i Put it all into a very detailed spreadsheet if anybody is interested in it and found that I would say there's four perfect Nicolas Cage films, five near perfect, nine great, 12 good, and only six bad out of 103 now credits. So I got to say, guy has a pretty good average. That's impressive. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of Nick Cage fandom. It runs deep. There's also a lot of Nick Cage memes and people who, you know, were naysaying and not getting kind of the joke and the very big performances that he would give and tried to put those into supercuts where it made him seem kind of crazy. But 
when he's really dialed in and he really makes these cool choices and amazing performances like The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, it's something to delight in. And this is for anybody who may have written off Cage or thought that he was just the guy from those supercuts of really big performances. This movie is making fun of all that. It's playing off of all that. It's making people, I think, you know, hopefully like you, Hillary, want to go back and see all of the great performances and all the the little Easter eggs. And I think all of that fandom is wrapped up in one character in this movie, Javi, the billionaire played by Pedro Pascal. And it's a wonderful, amazing, warm, joyful performance. This has to be the MVP of the movie, right? <laughs> Oh, 1000%. He's absolutely amazing. You know, I've always been such a huge fan of Pedro. I'm so happy that he got so much screen time in this film. I feel like he was really able to flex his comedic chops a bit more than usual. You know, obviously people know him from Narcos and Game of Thrones and Mandalorian, even though I feel like a lot of people don't even realize it was him and Mandalorian. Right. He's spent so much time covered up. And those are all great titles. But if you haven't gone any further back than that through his credits you really just haven't witnessed his full potential. I really, really hope he gets some more star power from this because he was honestly, like I said at the beginning, my favorite character in this film. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yeah, I mean, it's the super fan character, which can often come off as creepy or weird. They even kind of play into that joke when you first meet him. But then he reveals himself as just this wonderful guy who just genuinely loves Nicolas Cage. And even some of his deeper cuts like guarding Tess, which he, you know, professes that changed his life at some point. And and I love to see that. I mean, I, I, I think I probably relate to this character a little bit too much because I get him. It's <laughs> it's exactly how maybe I feel about Nicolas Cage on some level. He's so great. And a quick fun fact about that. Um, Nicolas Cage actually wanted to play the character Javi when they started casting this film. Wild. And then they cast Pedro instead, and he was like, okay, I take it back. He's perfect. <laughs> Which, yeah. again, says a lot about like the respect between them two, and that really comes out in this film as well, which is amazing. I mean, the potential just weird wildness of having Nicolas Cage play Nicolas Cage's biggest fan uh, and maybe even Pedro playing Nicolas Cage, or I think at some point Nicolas Cage threw out that Andy Samberg should play Nicolas Cage from his amazing SNL impression. Uh, it's just, it's, this movie could have gone even more meta, more weird. And I don't know that, that delights me as well, but not to say that the movie that we got isn't delightfully weird. And I mean, this is probably one of the weirdest elements. Nicolas Cage does play a younger version of Nicolas Cage named Nikki. This is his Wild at Heart era Nicolas Cage, and he is wearing a Wild at Heart uh, T-shirt from the David Lynch movie and blaze it on his chest. Uh, this is actually my favorite Nicolas Cage movie, I think. Um he and Laura Dern are absolutely iconic in this weird, weird road trip satire about two teens in love. And that this movie taps into that period of Cage and makes it its own character. So funny to see. I could have used a lot more of this character. 
He was so funny. Um, you know, I will say, as I was watching this, for all of our Friends fans out there, he gave me kind of like Russ from Friends vibes, mm. who, if you remember, Russ is Ross's kind of weird twin alter ego who Rachel dates for a second. Um, yeah, it was like him, but not him. Same, same, but different. But yeah. such a cool addition to the plot that you didn't really expect. But I loved it. Yeah, and it goes into Cage's entire story because he's playing this younger version of him and they actually credit it to his birth name, Nicholas Kim Coppola. He is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola and a part of that hugely influential, talented family of filmmakers. And he is credited as Nicholas Kim Coppola because that's the name he used for his first two roles before taking on Cage as a tribute to both the Marvel comic book character Luke Cage and composer John Cage. He actually has a lot of composers in his family, so he wanted to take on John Cage's name as a tribute to the composer and to his family as well. And he also wanted to distance himself from accusations of being only hired there because of Francis Ford Coppola's nepotism. And he said that like once he changed that name, he became a new person. And he was not getting those accusations and could stand alone and become the cage that he is today. The cage. And, you know, (laughs) knowing that Nick Cage is a Luke Cage fan and a Marvel fan, I mean, as if I couldn't love him anymore. There it is. Yeah. Oh, he came close to playing some iconic superheroes. He, He at one point wanted to play Iron Man and at another point was very close to playing Superman for Tim Burton to the point that there's even video of him in a Superman suit. That is uh, something I have watched far too many times. (laughs) Um, Please send that to me after this. Absolutely. I mean, if I'm not using this discussion, this movie, all of this to share my cage, you know, crazy fandom to, you know, become Javi in real life and try to get as many other people into the cult of cage, uh, it'd be a missed opportunity, right? Totally. Another person we want to shout out is writer-director Tom Gormican and his co-writer Kevin Etten. They first got attention for this script because it was on the blacklist of the best unproduced scripts of the year in 2019. They really wrote it as a joke to them. They thought it would just be a calling card, something where people would read and say, wow, these guys are talented. These guys are funny. They never, ever thought it would get made. Uh, But they had had success prior to this sitcom called Ghosted. Uh, They created together. I think it's a really funny one. Kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Starred Adam Scott and Craig Robinson as unhappy government Ghostbusters. I think that these guys are just getting started. When I talked to Pedro Pascal about them, he said that Gormican was the funniest person on set every single day always had some new line to throw out or some idea somewhere to take the script. And I'm excited to see what these guys do next, because how do you follow up the story of Nicolas Cage going this meta this deep? I mean, what's your next film? What's your next show? And especially Pedro saying that Gormican was the funniest person on set. I mean, Nick Cage, Pedro Pascal, Tiffany Haddish was on that set. Absolutely. And he was still the funniest person. Like, I need to meet this man. Yeah, right. I know. I'm very interested in what else this guy's got coming up. Totally. And then there was somebody else you wanted to shout out in the cast, Sharon Horgan, right? Yeah, I absolutely loved Sharon Horgan. You know, she played Nicolas Cage's wife, or sorry, Nick Cage's wife um, in the film. <laughs> very, very specific. Nick's wife. And I thought she just did such a fantastic job by the end of the film. Honestly, I was wishing that we gotten more of her. She was just, she was fantastic. Yeah, I love her. I am not, I haven't seen a lot of the shows she has created and starred in more recently, like Catastrophe, but I loved her on The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. It's super bizarre. It's a David Cross show where they play a couple of like, you know, will they, won't they, but really they hate each other. And he is just, 
bothering her as the one person who is mildly nice to him in a world of of people who just can't stand David Cross for a number of reasons. It's a very, very funny show, and she is delightful on it. So this might be also a little bit of a gateway into watching more of her stuff. Yeah, I definitely hope so. I also wanted to give a little bit of a shout out to the locations teams on this film. You know, I don't know if we talk about that enough when we're watching these beautifully made films, Um, but this was also shot in Croatia and Hungary for the most part. And it's absolutely gorgeous. You know, I'm so happy I saw it on the big screen because of that. There's actually a really cool, no spoilers, cliff jumping scene. Um, (laughs) Sort of like, you know, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, totally picturesque. I'm calling it right now. This is going to be added to everyone's travel bucket list after they see this movie. It was it was amazing. Yeah, it did look really beautiful. I love the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants shout out, too. I know you've been doing a lot of mashups on TikTok of one movie overlapping with another, somebody calling someone else from a different movie. I don't know. Is there a potential mashup of unbearable weight and sisterhood of this cliff jumping scene? One thousand percent. Okay, watch good. out for it on our TikTok channel. <laughs> okay, you've made a promise, and also maybe look for that Nick Cage in the Superman costume eventually. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, we'll put yeah. that in there too. Yeah, absolutely. So this is one more thing we wanted to shout out. So at the end of this movie, when they were done with principal photography, the whole cast was gifted a pillow with Nicolas Cage's face on it, each autographed by himself. I love that. I The pillow plays a part into the plot of the film lightly, but it's something that was so funny. And I could tell they loved playing off of it because it's just one of those weird cage artifacts that you can buy, you know, his face on something. It's far too large for the pillow. And I have tried to buy it several times for my own home. And my wife has told me, no, we're not getting that. And that was prior to the movie. Maybe now I can convince her, but probably not. <laughs> First of all, I love that you admit that you've tried to buy it. And I love that they included it in this film because I think as if Nicolas Cage isn't iconic enough, that pillow is such a thing that even if you're not a fan of his or have never seen his movie, you recognize, you know, the sequined flip pillow. I think Nicolas Cage is probably the only person who could walk into a room or someone's house and see a pillow with his face on it sitting on the couch and just not care. Yeah. <laughs> He's it's just so him. You're like, "Oh, okay. Yeah." Yeah. Yeah. Totally That's... makes sense. <laughs> so, let's talk about our final thoughts on this movie. Yes. You loved it. What's your review? My my review, like I said at the beginning, laugh out loud funny beginning to end. Um I absolutely loved it. It's honestly the most Mick, Nick Cage role I've ever seen Nick Cage in. Just so perfectly meta, amazing. 12 out of 10, we'll watch again. I can't wait for it. (laughs) 12 out of 10, I love that. The movie is hilarious, and I hope that it leads to more people finding some of those forgotten Nicolas Cage uh, roles. We will post my obsessive spreadsheet in the show notes if you want to see what I think are some of his best roles, the ones that I'm most excited about, which ones are his perfect films. And if you do end up seeing The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, please let us know what you thought about it. You can tweet at us at IMDb with the hashtag IMDbisobsessed, or you can always email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. Hillary, I'm going to hold you to it. Which actor are you going to go through and watch every single one of his films? Oh, it's such a hard question. You know, after you said, keep it short, I'm like, who has less than a hundred credits? I feel like that's, <laughs> that's a hard one to think of. You know, in my mind, when I thought about doing this, I always thought about Leo DiCaprio. I feel like he would be a good one to start with. And I've already seen a lot, which will help too. So absolutely might start there. 
and I did want to give before we close out, I wanted to give a quick shout out. Um, like Alex mentioned, our TikTok channel. Follow us on TikTok at IMDb. You know, if I'm doing this Leonardo DiCaprio rewatch, you'll probably be seeing a lot more of him on there because that's my inspiration. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, go give us a follow and you can let us know what you think about everything on there, too. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining, Hillary. So glad that you found a 12 out of 10 movie. This was so much fun. I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.